0: song you just heard is sharpshooter by dylan roth of no jersey a band from new york and that means i'm nick bond and i'm brad hill and welcome to darty masterful episode today brad uh but before we got going since this is the first episode of our lovely little podcast i did want to introduce us uh i am nick bond you may know me from the ringer ringer podcasts uh Deadspin the classical and a couple of other places uh but I have just recently gotten into darts because of this idiot uh Hi Brad uh who I do guys you guys may not know so Brad uh tell us a little bit about yourself
1: <laughs> I work in cybersecurity and I've been following darts pretty closely now for the last probably 5 to 6 years got into it during the world championships back in uh 2017 was looking for something to watch during that dull week between Christmas and New Year's when um' everyone's pretending to work and that just fit the bill and just grew from there
0: yeah your brother got you into it right
1: yes yeah he was the one he's he him and I are very similar in the fact that we will watch any obscure sport possible and this just really fit the bill and uh the love just kind of
0: developed over time yeah and uh for me it happened uh comically quickly i uh so <laughs> I uh, I have a three-year-old. Her name is Thisbe. She's lovely, but uh, I can't watch what I used to watch. Like I used to watch a lot of wrestling, and it's just kind of not like the best. Uh, college football isn't much better. But I had started to try to get back into it, and Brad and I have been friends since we were kid, like in elementary school. Uh, but we were always into weird sports together. But we also loved college football for like all the pageantry and shit. So I was like, "Oh hey man, uh, do you still watch college football?" And he was like, "Yeah." So him and uh, one of our uh, mutual friends, uh, who was the best man in my wedding, we started a, a chat group and Brad was like, oh yeah, I'm watching this, but I'm also watching darts. Do you, have you guys ever checked out darts? And I was like, no, he's like, <laughs> have you ever thought about checking out darts? And I was like, maybe. So I tried it. And, uh, so the first thing I watched was I think like day two, maybe of the grand prix which is the double in double out tournament and i have watched literally every single minute of darts i've been home for since then on pdc.tv plus like brad i brad has been like (laughs) why the fuck are you watching that about uh some of the stuff i watch i don't want to get into specifics because like we'll be covering them at some point uh but yeah i uh i am hook line and sinker uh people who have read my stuff on the ringer know i get very obsessive with things uh darts is not uh, but they're not fads like i'm still really into wrestling i just add on to this like voltron of nerdiness and obsession and darts just hits everything for me so i very quickly decided i wanted to start covering darts in earnest and part of that was starting this podcast so uh we are both Americans. Obviously, we are both from Long Island, um, which actually does have a pretty decent sized darting culture. Like there are a lot of people that play uh, my family, played a lot of my family owned on my dad's side, owned bars and won all kinds of tournaments. Uh, I apparently a great uncle was nationally ranked uh, like I, I do have like a darting heritage in my family and my family's very excited that I've gotten into darts. Um, so we'll definitely be covering it in a lot of different ways. Uh, we have friends that have cool jobs that allow them to talk about darts in weird ways. Uh, we're definitely going to try to, at some point, get interviews with players and stuff like that. Uh, dart representative from companies, because uh, I'm very interested in dart tech. Uh, there's a lot of stuff we plan on doing, but uh, we're going to be people who love darts who are not World class experts are not going to be on the on Sky Sports at any time soon. But I think we both, Brad, Brad and I are. Uh, I think the best way to describe it is we're pretty smart guys that uh, love a thing we might be dumb about, uh, but we want to talk about it. So that's uh, that's what we're going to do. And like I said, um, sorry now, like I said, um, we wanted to start with the biggest thing in darts, and it's interesting for me because I started in October of last year, so I have never seen the Premier League. Uh, can you explain a little bit about how the Premier League works uh, now? And I know you liked how it used to work. You can briefly explain that, but let's not go on like a diatribe. To <laughs> my best, yeah.
1: So the Premier League now, uh, they recently, I think it was three years ago, cut it down from 10 players to eight. It used to be a double round robin format. So you everybody played everybody twice. They had wins, losses, and draws. So they did a point system somewhat similar to to in soccer, Um, but they had the two points for a win rule. And now they do, like I said, they cut it down to eight players. And every night, instead of having just each player play one match, every player is part of an eight-person tournament. So they'll do the quarterfinals, semifinals, and final all in one night. Um, My opinion kind of based more on keeping it, entertaining for the people that are in the crowd they like to have the crowd go home with a winner um not so much designed for maybe the people that are the kind of regular day-to-day darts fans as well um since it does kind of uh can get a little bit boring as far as seeing repetitive matches but overall um like you said the first week was completed on thursday obviously we're heading into week two um so it's 16 week regular season every thursday and then a 17th week on the thursday as well the top four players will enter into the playoffs so they have the semifinals and final on the final day to crown the champion
0: uh if you're gonna have a drinking game for people listening uh for every time i compare darts to wrestling don't you will die uh it has a very similar idea to Stuff happening for the television audience, as opposed to the people in the arena, they're just kind of part of the show. But since the coolest thing about darts is that darts is amazing, but the crowd is really what. When people watch it, they go, "Holy shit!" That crowd. That is always the reaction because I am like a computer virus with the the greatest like ever. Literally, every time I talk about darts, it's like my it's like my business card. just like, watch this shit. It's a perfect fucking game of darts. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, so it's very similar where it's like the crowd is the thing that hooks you initially. <laughs> Honestly, it was for me. I told you, like I was watching for like 20 minutes and they started doing, uh, hey, baby, who? Ha! Huh. And I was like, "Oh, the Bailey song." You mean and you were like, "You mean the darts song, dude?" And I was like, "Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that." Because for me as a wrestling fan, it's a Bailey thing. But like, the crowd is what hooks everybody, and then the darts. I think, uh, like, if you've seen PDC stuff, like if you you play darts when you're younger, it's obviously not the same. But like for a outsider looking in, it's just like instantly you're like, "Oh, everybody else seems to be enjoying this, so it's probably good." Because it's not wrestling where they're kind of, you're like, they think it's fake. They don't. But in darts, they know it's not fake. It's really happening. They're really losing their shit. So I think that is that is like a weird thing that they do have to contend with. But I would have been interested, and I probably will go back if I can and check out the round robin style. But I do also see the like wanting to have a winner for the crowd to go home happy with. Um, So speaking of which, uh, we they actually had... um, Some really big, obviously, it's the eight biggest names in the sport, essentially. Uh, It is uh, Luke Liddler, Luke Humphreys, Gerwin Price, Nathan Aspinall, Michael Van Gerwin, Michael Mm -hmm. Smith, Rob Cross, and Peter Wright. Uh, So I figured we'd start with Liddler versus Humphreys because it's the replay of the World Championship Final. Um, Little weird, uh, Lidler ran through Humphreys hot knife through butter shit like really just and Littler can do that he can be a bit of a buzz saw but there was was also the uh, there was a couple of times uh, especially towards the um, on the checkouts where Humphreys had people whistling and like that was very clearly like he was going to lose anyways he was not playing as well as Littler he wasn't playing poorly and we'll get into it when we talk about the Masters later he's not playing poorly he's just he's ran into a couple of guys that are like on absolute heaters and one of them was Littler or still is because I mean he, who he lost to isn't something to be ashamed of um but but yeah there was a real like Humphreys seems to it seemed to have been very angry about the whistling understandably so because they they did it like literally as he was throwing on one of them. I was like what the fuck man <laughs> like that's not cool um have you seen that a lot watching or is that something that seems like it's relatively like whistling specifically and maybe also distracting to a lesser extent because you were more familiar with like long term like you said you're watching very closely for the last six or five or six years
1: yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely, it's always been a part. Um, there was elements to it. You see it a lot of times in Germany with, uh, if there's a German player going against anyone else, basically. Um, but the German crowds like can do like that. Germany pretty much. versus everybody. <laughs> yes, exactly. But there's, there's definitely elements. It, it really comes down to the players who are in there. So I, I think a lot of people, a lot of the people who are in the crowd there are, really rooting for Littler just because of the run that he went on. It was kind of that Cinderella story to an extent. Obviously, we saw how good he is. Um, so I think the crowd was really, really pushing for Littlers, which is why you kind of see that happening with the whistling. I, you see it a lot also with like Fallon Sherrick, for example, when she's playing in like the Worlds or any, you know, the Grand Slam, any other big tournaments like that. When she's playing a, a male opponent, they, they always are going for that as well. So you'll see the whistling. It's gotten a lot worse, I would say, probably over the last maybe two to three years it definitely has has been has spiked uh, unnecessarily so it does get kind of even on my nerves because you're really the fans are going there to watch the, the the players perform and putting them off for one reason or another it just doesn't really make sense to me
0: yeah exactly it's like it's somebody said i think it was wayne was like he's got a fiver on him and it, that's honestly what it feels like it feels gross it feels like and you can see Lillard just being like, like obviously it had nothing to do with it. Just being like, this sucks. Like, I don't want to. Obviously, I was doing well enough to win otherwise, but like, I don't want to win like that. Where people are like trying to sabotage my opponent. This isn't like like throwing snowballs at the guys in in buffalo is like a little you know what i'm saying like that's good fun relatively speaking as long as there's no ice in there (laughs) buffalo um but yeah i I think uh the with littler the other thing like you said is like he's he's not a cinderella story he's so good he's so good at the three phases the scoring the setup and the finishing other than van gerwin is there someone that you would compare that you've seen where you're like he's just really smooth through all three phases and kind of has a really consistent throw that he can kind of turn up a gear? Does that make sense? Or is it just Van Gerwen? Um,
1: that's a good question. I mean, Van Gerwen is just kind of another level. Um, he, he's, like you said, he has dominates all three aspects of the game. As far as smooth throwing itself, the motion uh michael yeah. michael smith 100 and not only is the motion smooth but he does the math so quickly on knowing
0: yeah that's, that's what's also crazy about lidler i guess they have more in common but i feel like oh, in terms of the smoothness of the throw but i feel like the the other thing with lidler and, and this is really interesting is like when he's on a 180 kick you know the fucking second he throws the first dart i guess it's that that might be true with michael smith too or it's just like oh there's no way all three of those darts aren't going in and he he looks pissed sometimes when he hits like a 180 he hits the first 20 triple 20 in the wrong spot and he's like all right i'm gonna have to figure this out and then he does because he's a freak um and and i think on the other side of that you have humphreys who's who's playing okay he can't catch a break it almost feels like and he caught a couple like in the i think it was the adobe match in the in the world championships he's caught a couple of breaks not that he didn't earn the wins but like it felt like with littler the past couple of weeks and with uh bunting it was just like they were checking out everything they were getting to everything and he was missing hard stuff but he wasn't even getting i don't think a lot of uh to it for checkout he was just not able to ever get his footing like he lost 10-7 i think to bunting he didn't get creamed he played very well but he just could not get a foothold Humphreys has
1: he's been on an absolute run.
0: yeah like a, a historic
1: tear he had five majors last year or some shit like well, that thing, yeah i mean going into it he Going into the tail end of of 2023, that is when, that's basically trophy season. That's when there's a lot of the big tournaments that are out there. You have the Grand Prix, you have the European Championship, the Grand Slam, the Players' Championship Finals, and then it all kind of culminates with the World Championship. Going into the Grand Prix, he had not won a major TV title of any sort. He had been on good runs. He had won some European Tour Championships, but he had never won like a big... What you could consider a major so he won the first one obviously at the grand prix and then went on an absolute tear where he would then go on to win not only the grand prix but also the grand slam and then finish it off with the dart world darts championship as well so for him to kind of go on an absolute tear like that it's it's something that obviously is going to slip it got him obviously with all those big tournament wins to number one in the world but he I think it's it's just a matter of kind of getting burnt out as well not only
0: are you gonna when you win all those you can tell he's just like I I I was insane the last two months I was high as a kite in terms of just like form and stuff like that yeah you can really tell he's kind of like he's playing very very I think he averaged over a hundred against against bunting it just bunting i think averaged like a hundred and it was insane it was like that was like i said and we'll we'll get to it later because he played out of his mind but i i think humphreys should be good come you have to see like if he can get back in his groove like with the thing with like the players the floor tournaments, which we'll talk about when they start in earnest um you can just lose randomly right like you can just have a bad game so it's not getting to a final as much and and the same thing with the premier league it's not it's getting to like a core it's not winning the final it's getting to a corner final a semi-final or the final more so than winning a bunch because there's what 40 and the best guy the the number one throw i think won four of them and that was the most like it's it's really does it's it's a pretty standard just you know like it's not somebody doesn't win 20 of them so like just seeing if he shows up for those if he ends up doing well on them i think that'll be an indicator of what he's going to do over the next couple of months uh especially in the premier league because I, I don't think he's gonna he's gonna struggle the way that's like we'll get to it like uh peter wright will um or asp uh which okay you keep telling me and he he played well but he got he kind of fell uh ass backwards into the semifinal for the masters i mean like it's not like he he went through a murderer's row <laughs> so he's good you promise right he's good aspinall yeah yeah i'm talking about Nathan aspinall. yeah
1: he's one of, he's one of my favorites actually he's one of those guys he's like one of the young up-and-coming kind of players very high ranked i'm kind of sh- shocked he hasn't won more to be quite honest but He's mm-hmm. he's definitely one of those ones that I, I would expect him to keep winning and you'll see him his name popping up on on the on the winner's trophies quite often, I would I would say.
0: Yeah, I, I think with the thing with me and watching him is he he I said this to, I've said this to you a couple times because uh, we both uh, at Brad and I do not like Andrew Gilding. Um, <laughs> not like a, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but like as a as a dart person to watch, he's not it's not the best uh, to watch. Cause he's sloppy as shit. He's so sloppy. And I feel like Asp has like too much gilding in his game. Um, is that something you from watching him and, and following him is, can he just get sloppy? Is that what it is where he's just like missing in weird beds and shit?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, he, he's the consistency I think is probably, or the lack, I guess of consistency is probably what has been his biggest challenge. I would say he's, he's had very good moments. He actually, I have a soft spot for him because he won the UK open, which was, I believe the first tournament I really watched that was not the world Mm -hmm. championship. So I always have a, have a special place for him, but um, he's that when I saw that, that's when he won the UK open, that is when everyone was saying that he was going to be like the next big thing. And he was going to start winning a lot of tournaments since then he's won a match play he's won a few other tournaments here and there but nothing like to the extent that people were expecting from him
0: he had, he was he was like a golfer that like is very talented but can't always like get his putts in basically or like he has trouble chipping occasionally and it's just like that part of his game goes away yeah. and the other two parts are okay but like without whatever part he's missing at any given time it's like he's just like i don't know what to do yeah it's not he's not bad like i said he made a semifinal of what's i guess i don't know if this is con- i guess it's considered a major it's considered at least a tv a major tv tournament mm-hmm. um like it, he this is he did okay, but it, it's really weird to have him be the fourth ranked guy in the world. Do you know what I'm saying? you're like, oh, okay I, I guess that makes sense uh, and with Gerwin, who I think what is what is he fifth now um yep yeah he was fifth yeah he We're yeah still he's, still the, still the still. idea that yeah, that he's behind Aspinall is like weird to me but I haven't watched good Aspinall enough if that makes sense. Like I haven't seen him play well consistently, which is the whole thing is if he's consistent, he's good. Um, but with, with Gezi, I I, I thought it was very, uh, what I enjoyed the most about the premier league was the crowd. I literally texted you. The first thing I was like, Holy fuck this crowd. Yeah. Um, Because they were awesome. And it was really, really great to see him feel comfortable because, like, when he feels comfortable, I mean, he played very, very well. He didn't win in the final, spoiler alert, but he he did do a good job of, like, representing his hometown, basically, and and also kind of just doing what you're supposed to do in a Premier League tournament like this, which is to get to the final. Like, we talked about the same thing with the floor tournaments because of the way the scoring works. And, and I think he's allowing himself to both like play a bunch of darts and not play too much darts like he's trying to find a balance which is why he withdrew from the the masters i think i think he was kind of like i'm home i kind of don't want to like run out the next day and maybe spend an entire weekend there when i could just not do that I don't like, I genuinely don't need the money, like, like in an actual literal financial sense. And like, I also could use a weekend off. It's not a ranking tournament, so I'm not losing anything that way. And if I'm out in the first round, I fucking went to where they go, Milton Keynes. So I'm sure yeah. it's a lovely place. I'm not, I'm not leaving Wales. I'm good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that only, not only that, but also to kind of get a conspiracy theory going, because why the heck not? He's also a very, very big rugby fan, former professional rugby player, and this past weekend was also the first weekend of the Six Nations Championship. <laughs> so I have a hunch that he also may have. I, I, I might be wrong. I don't want to assume, but Scotland was playing Wales on Saturday. I'm just going to leave it at that. So,
0: like, that is the most innocuous possible conspiracy theory. <laughs> Rowan Price is like a massive, like, star in the like darts sense of like they have, he's the number one high selling him and van gerwin have really high selling darts themselves like he's like a really he's a mover of product basically yeah. um so like he he's the kind of guy where i don't think he really has to like he can they're rich but they're not so rich that they don't exist in like a hey i want to take the weekend off to go watch rugby but i'm not famous enough that it's a big deal that i did it like you know i went or whatever you know what i'm saying like i could go incognito and people would be like oh my god (laughs) or i could watch and no one would care because it's like they're real people they don't like exist in a whole bubble like peter wright i think is like half the time like yeah i'm working at my house yep i'm like Like literally, I think Erwin Price was like, well, we were doing a remodel on our house, so I was busy with that. That's why I didn't play.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, For
0: one of the things.
1: They definitely have their, their priorities in order. And it's funny because I, I heard something from, from Nathan Aspinall uh recently that he was uh he didn't enter a lot of the players' championship tournaments last year. He kind of used it to give himself some time off because, like you said, didn't really need the money for personal use, but also didn't really need it for the rankings. In the end, I think it actually Mm -hmm. ended up coming to bite him in the butt, though, because he.
0: Yeah, I think he agrees. Yeah, Yeah, he he didn't
1: make it because of that. He didn't enter all of the tournaments. He didn't enter. I I don't even know the number. I'd have to look it up. But he didn't even qualify for the world for the players championship finals. And that's Mm -hmm. the top half of the the pro tour makes it. So that means he was below the he was in the bottom half of the rankings just from those pro tour tournaments which is just absolutely mind-boggling to me
0: yeah and i guess that's part of it is like he's clearly wasn't practice not practicing he was practicing but he wasn't competing he wasn't playing games he wasn't throwing innings he wasn't doing the stuff that it seems like you need to do unless you're like the best and even the best guys in the entire history of the world still play floor tournaments a lot you know what i'm saying like there's definitely and it's obviously different for a guy like van gerwin specifically because he's not from england mm-hmm. so like that's more under the guys that are doing your there's also people doing euro tour, tour stuff but there's those guys are consistently playing and, and aspinall wasn't um and i definitely think that that plays a role in terms of like getting you into shape and into form and i think i think uh price's form in particular he he had a rough go of it the last like two months of last season like basically i think after the grand prix he kind of like he was he was getting he would play well and then he would i think he won a floor tournament in the time i started watching um because he is actually the first one i started rooting for because he's welsh uh and uh my, my best friend Dave is Welsh so I always root for everything Wrexham I, I think I told you this I knew about Wrexham way before any of that because Dave's family is from Wrexham which is like right right near Liverpool so they're, they're like Wrexham and Liverpool fans so I rooted for Wrexham way before the show or anything like that um but I always root for that I said to you uh i'm gonna root for the welshman literally that's what i said to you and then it was gerwin price and not any of the other welshmen i was very happy about that. <laughs> i was like oh cool they're the greatest of them um but he definitely looked like he's back between uh he uh, not between Like he'd kind of been okay on the masters, but this really looked like him getting back to what he's supposed to be doing in terms of like big numbers, kind of just consistently getting it where it needs to go. That kind of stuff. I I definitely think that he's, he's part of that is that he's, I don't know if you, how many people listen to, uh, I think it was love the darts. Um, it was one of the, yeah, it was love the darts. It wasn't the darts show. Um, they were talking to him about how he's on keto now he looks much like much thinner because his like he was talking about water weight and i'm like oh honey you mean beer (laughs) 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 well yeah there is there's a lot of water in beer that is true (laughs) but was like no the chips and the crisps um and both of those are the wrong words crisps aren't a thing they're they're chips, and then chips or fries, but whatever. I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> but no, he's he looked he looked healthy. He looked really bloated. Like my wife, when she'll she'll come in, and she'll be like, "Oh, he he looks he looks like un, he doesn't look well." And I was like, uh, I don't know. He's in pretty good shape." And then seeing him like actually not have water weight, you're like, "Oh wow!" No, you work same. It's almost like it's not. new Humphreys esque where you're like, "Oh." You you're clearly going through something. It was just like, no, he was he looked he looks much healthier and he seems much like happier. Mm-hmm. Uh he's not like I don't know when he did that, but he's not like wearing giant headphones to block out the uh,
1: that that story, he it was the semifinals for the world championship last year. And okay, yeah, and yeah. that was the worst part about that is I was driving back home from Rhode Island. <laughs> And I was, so you couldn't even I was listening to the radio broadcast <laughs> and they're trying, they're like describing what's going on. And I'm like, there's no <laughs> chance that what they're saying is actually true. And then we made it, we made a little rest stop. I immediately went onto Twitter and I'm like, Oh my God, he's actually wearing big headphones. ass headphones on the stage. And the best part was Air traffic controller. Shows. Yeah. And he, and then he like went over, I think he hit, he got a good checkout. And he like started taunting the crowd. He put his he put his hand to the, like his ear, saying that he could like basically like mocking them that he couldn't hear them. But like it, that was that is going to be burned into my memory just
0: forever. It's like the Sean Avery role. because like literally the next they were like you can't ever fucking do that shit again. No, <laughs> like, that was dumb as hell, dude. Um, so and we talked about so uh, we're going to pretty go through the last two of the of the matches pretty quickly. I just wanted to quickly go over, because Gezi didn't win, but he did reach uh, the final, which puts him in good position going forward. Could you just quickly, real quickly, explain how the Premier League scoring system works? In terms of just, like, I know there's you get credit for winning, credit for reaching a final, and then credit for, like winning your match. Basically you get like a point for winning your match basically. Right. Or something like that. Yeah,
1: exactly. So like I mentioned earlier, the way that they have it set up right now is, or not now, but the last few years, they have had a bracket of eight players every week. They rotate who you play against. They rotate the halves of the brackets that you're in. So you're not necessarily going to run into the same opponents, potentially in the semifinals, consistently consistently, they have done a good job of kind of switching that up. So the way it works is if you win your quarterfinal match, you make it to the semifinals, you get two points. If you make it to the final, you get three points. And if you win the entire night, you get five points. And on top of that, uh, the nightly winner gets a $10,000 bonus as well.
0: That's me giving two thumbs up to money. Um, <laughs> love the darts. Uh, I'm just always so happy. I love uh, uh, Hugo from uh, the World Championship. Um, he beat Eon Van Veen, who is my favorite darter um he uh plays soft tip in hong he's literally the best player in hong kong Mm -hmm. um and he always gets these like big fake checks (laughs) that say like $2,000 USD <laughs> it always makes me laugh. Cause it's like, I first of all, wonder how much Yuan or whatever Hong Kong uses it. Uh, it's just like, it's just so fun to me. Cause this is a giant check for like 50 bucks. <laughs> like literally, I think one of them was for like 250. Cause there's small tournaments over there. He does the big tournaments too. I, I love Hugo. Okay. I, could, I could talk about Hugo all day, but yeah, there's, so winning isn't as important as doing well consistently and i think that does take a lot of pressure off of them to be honest uh and and it's it's good in the sense of like they're not penalized for doing well but not consistently winning but also you do have to win something it's not just like good job for making it it's like you do actually have to win two matches or whatever it is um uh, speaking of which, uh, Van Gerwen uh, played Smith, uh, Michael Van Gerwen played Michael Smith uh, in the first round. Uh, pretty squeaky win, but uh, Smith made it through. Um, and like I, like I mentioned, uh, I wanted to talk about the idea of uh, Smith partying hard, like uh, so much Andrew WK for the last year. <laughs> it really showed like when he's the difference between when he's on and when he's not is remarkable like and apparently by all accounts he practices more than basically anybody he's like an obsessive practicer mm-hmm. so the idea that it's it's very interesting because like we say is has this natural throw and it's like it might it, i don't mean it's not natural i mean he really works at it being smooth as shit like and it not being smooth as shit it's very interesting to see i guess people's thresholds for like margin for error and his seems not small but like If he's playing at a certain level, he can do whatever he wants. But if he's not playing at that level, he's very vulnerable. Like there's there's weird holes in his game where he just and and I I think I will be interested to see going forward this year with the new influx of a lot of young talent and a guy like Michael Smith to see if he can actually like I don't want to say put in the work. I really hate framing it that way, but like if he's willing. If he's gonna put his money where his mouth is and be like i want to be champion again and actually do it because like darts very clearly more so than almost any other sport i've seen is like once if you're good enough and you decide to like really fucking lock down you can actually like wreck house like it, and it can happen pretty quickly because you can regain your form because so much of darts is getting your a game and then also having a pretty good b game and a pretty good c game but like if you can consistently hit your a or b game by practicing a bunch that can if you have a high level enough game if you're over 100 average you can kind of just push through shit in a way that like guys that in the low 90s can't they have to get lucky guys that are good at closeouts and and, and stuff like that but don't have super high scoring so like, i i i, I will be interested and and you've watched smith Yes. At his best, is there anybody that can? Cont- is he untouchable, or is there? Is it really like him and Van Gerwen? Because Van Gerwen can average like one twenty five in a fucking game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he. Yeah, Van Gerwen.
1: He averaged what was it, one twenty three or something at one? I not can't, I can't remember when the match was, but just something absolutely off the charts.
0: He. Uh, so they were talking about during the Bunting match. Bunting was up, and then. Uh, Michael Van Gerwen averaged 125 for the rest of the match, which is like literally, like, you're uh, you have to be averaging like 80 or above for each checkout. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're just like, nah, I'm just gonna get this shit. Fuck you. <laughs> um, but I I feel like with is is Smith the only other guy that's like. Is there, is there anybody that's untouchable other than Van Gerwen at their best? And if so, is it Smith or is Smith, like, because he won the world championship and it was he's born to do this. Like, at his height, do you think he's the best? Let's put it this way, actually. At his height, is he actually the best player in the world? Over the last, in terms of all the guys coming through into this year. I don't mean like he's had the best last couple of years. I mean, is he the most talented guy? If you had to bet your life on one guy's A game versus anybody else's A game, is it Michael Smith? Is it Van Garwin or is it somebody else? Right now, I think you still have
1: to go with Van Garwin.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. But I think Smith's the only (laughs) guy that I've seen where it's just like, oh my, what the fuck? Yeah, Like, how Mm -hmm. like van gerwin does shit where you're like are you do you have magnets on the other side of the fucking board like what are you doing and smith the way he like i've said this to you over and over again the like it's like he's just doop 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 and you're just that it's or are you teleporting the darts to where you want them to go? That's really what it feels like. So I, I, I was not surprised that he won. And I said to you, Van Gogh is the only guy where I'm assuming he's going to win. Yes. And Smith at his height is the only other guy where I'm like, good. No. no, no, just no. Like when, it, cause we'll get to it. He, he beat, uh, I mean, do we really want to talk about Peter Wright? Or We can talk about Peter Wright later. Uh, cause he played okay in the masters, but um. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he shouldn't be in the Premier League. I think that's fair at this point. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, so it depends. The way not that look he's at it. the worst, mm-hmm. but there's Dobie and Bunting both could have went in over him, I feel like. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. The only thing is with the Premier League, like I said, it's not necessarily the, targeted towards people like us who are going to be out there watching the floor tournaments, anything else that's out there. There is a bit of flexibility with it. So as far as qualifying for the Premier League, the top four in the the rankings automatically in, and then that gives four wild cards, which they'll usually give to highest performing players. Generally, if you've won a major television tournament in the last year, that usually qualifies you for it too. The last couple of years, there's been so many winners, it's been a little tough. But the other thing that you have to keep in mind with Peter Wright is his marketability is probably higher than any any other player just he's one of the ones he has the neat, like the bright clothes the neon mohawks all of that kind of stuff to the point that if the darts is on and he's playing and it's on in the background somewhere if you're out at a bar if you just have it on tv or something people are going to immediately know it and recognize him so i think the marketability aspect plays a massive role in for him for him qualifying for the premier league this year if it was playing- oh yeah
0: i just wonder when that stops being worth the juice stops being worth the squeeze with him and you kind of ask him to be like hey why don't you be a commentator on these? You're brilliant talking about darts. He's a gene, like, he's so mm-hmm. interesting to talk to. He's a brilliant guy. Yeah. So it's like, and he's a really interesting. He's idiosyncratic. Like, I remember showing you, and you're like, I've seen this clip before, dude, of like him when he's super young doing the weird checkout. And he has the, the mohawk is a thing, but like that personality is him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not putting on airs. He's just a weird, he's Scottish. They're all fucking weird as shit man <laughs> head uh i said there's an english Irish. i don't trust them they're up north Let's... <laughs> but no and i i think uh i think i will be interested to see how bad it can get with him i guess would be that before people start being like what do, what do we do like it does, it does. if he's bottom 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 of the table like if he literally can't win games what do you do
1: yeah. And that's going to be when it gets a little interesting. And the thing that it's really making me think of right now is Glenn Durant's run in the premier league. He, in 2020, it was his first year in the premier league. He won the whole thing. He was only the third player ever to win the league phase. Well, this was when they had the league, like a round Robin mm-hmm. league phase. He was the third player, per, bleh, excuse me, third person ever to win the league phase after Michael Van Gaal went and Phil Taylor, so in very good company there. Yeah. Won the the Premier League, obviously a massive honor for him to do that. Naturally gets an almost, not necessarily automatic automatic, but he gets an invite to the Premier League the following year. This is after he had come down with COVID and had been battling that, put out... I think probably one of the worst performances. I think it actually was the worst performance of any, any premier league playing, uh, excuse me, any premier league player. I'm going to look it up right now. What his point total was. I, I think he went winless in the entire round robin phase. Yeah. He went, yeah, nine games played because the way that they used to have it work, 10 players after the first half of the season, everybody plays each other. Once the bottom two players are relegated, essentially, from the mm-hmm. league, and then the th- remaining eight players play another single round robin between them. He played nine matches, lost all nine. He has Is that bad? Yeah. <laughs> not not <laughs> impressive good. enough. His average over the course of those nine matches was 86.36. So... That's, not, that's like... Yeah, not the standard that you usually look for in the Premier League. That's like
0: BDO level shit, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was actually, I, we'll talk about it later, but I've been reading Hearts of Darkness and they talk about how uh, the PDC in one year had 25 people with over 100 uh, averages and the BDO had literally 25 people had 100 averages over 40 years in the World Championships. Yeah. But yeah, the, it it gets to the point where it's like, and the format doesn't allow for that right so you're you don't have the thing where you can drop him at the first half of the year you kind of have to just ride it out but it's like and it becomes like almost unfair not unfair but it's kind of like if you have him it's a night off um which basically what happened with cross though i think cross just on his like i always like guys with unique like cl- uh, checkouts and stuff like that His like Nice double 18, that kind of shit. I find it really uh, his style, and when he's in form, I feel like he's a real dark horse for like doing damage this year in particular. Like, he really does seem like he's the weird guy that makes the semifinals and a lot of shit kind of thing. Like, he's always consistently in like the last couple of pairings in a golf tournament kind of thing, or the like, quarterfinals, semifinals of a tennis. He's just so damn good mm-hmm. at so much stuff that like he's not I don't know if he's necessarily great 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 at the 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 highest levels but he's very 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 good and pretty consistent at least he has been in, in the stuff I've watched he seems to pretty consistently so I'll be I'll be interested for him to both in this tournament and what do you think for him in 2024 in for cross or right for cross right
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like you said, Cross is one of those guys. He can definitely surprise people. I mean, he won the Worlds back in 2018, which was, I think, the very first tournament I really watched. I think I maybe kind of dabbled in it the year prior, the 2017 Worlds, but when he won in 2018, he also participated in, I think, probably one of my favorite matches ever. His semifinal match against Michael Van Gerwen was unbelievable. Just I I was at a, <laughs> I was at a two year old's birthday party and c- convinced my my best friend from college to put the darts on. Um, by the end of that match, we had every male in attendance was crammed into the, the just the tiny room off to the side with the TV on, and everyone was just reacting the entire time and. Uh, the match ends. I go outside and his mother looks at me and she goes, what the hell was that?
0: <laughs> but that's neither. Either way. <laughs> are you, are you allowed back in the house?
1: Yeah, fortunately. Uh, <laughs> okay. good. <laughs> we'll see we'll, um, see. we'll see how that goes. But, uh, and
0: yeah, but I think that's actually a really interesting point. Uh, a really great point about cross. He's super fun to watch. Yeah. Like he does just the right amount of celebrating, and he does have a really great checkout game, and that is just like when you can get those nasty, like weird checkouts on shit where you're like, did he do something wrong? Oh no, wait, he's gonna get off on like get off. He's gonna he's gonna get to zero on a like a like a thirty six, right? So his math is always like skewed in ways you're not expecting. I I, I really like Cross. Um, he uh, did not do well. Uh, in that second match, though. Uh, Price, Price was... I, I don't think we really need to talk... There's not much to talk about. Um, he just was dominant. He looked like the guy that like won the World Championship. He looked like he was playing in, what, Wolverhampton? Is that where he's... He's <laughs> the only place... He looked like he was in Wolverhampton. It was, it was just the regular...
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Price... I mean, the Price Cross semifinal not not the most exciting
0: match. I mean, Price won at six two, but yeah, yeah, and it was it wasn't even that close. It it was very much Price just being like, I, "No, I'm I'm, a, thank you, but no, I'm good." Uh, he he just was really he uh, really didn't allow for anything in that game that wasn't what he wanted. Uh, it, it was it was the kind of it was literally like the first grade. I forgot the first grab. I don't remember, I should say, the first match I watched of his, but that kind of just like, oh, wow, like it's oof. you can you can really throw that dart pretty much exactly where you want it uh, when you're on and when you're off. It's you get so sad. <laughs> you're like it's so funny because he's he's built like a rugby player obviously Mm -hmm. but he's he's playing darts and he's just like sad in a dart shirt i don't know how (laughs) to explain it he just he just looks like so out of place like like (laughs) because he the guys the big guys like gurney or whatever they just look like big hunk and uh, oh of course he plays darts what like he's he's too big to play soccer and he's not in america so he's not an offensive lineman like what else are you going to do with him yeah of course he's that belly he's going to play darts that is actually there's a really great article on espn you guys should check out about how darts players uh need the belly for balance like that's a real thing because you you work your core so much that it actually like helps as a counterbalance for the darts for the dart throwing like it, it actually will like he, like having a belly is not a bad thing in darts it's like an objectively good thing i'm gonna that be, fucked up
1: i'm gonna be honest with you that sounds like complete bullshit but i'm gonna go with it <laughs>
0: Yeah, so it's over on the ESPN. They did, like, a whole article on how they, they're structurally really, like, designed. That should be muscle, to be clear. <laughs> but, like, um, like in other words, it's something I have in wrestling. I'm not accusing any dogs players of taking roids, but you get the roid belly because you can't actually develop muscle properly. So you get all this muscle. And you get all this shit. So, like there's guys like a animal from the road warriors legion of doom he notoriously had like an enormous boy belly but he's super strong but he just had a belly that was out here but it was like a layer of fat like this big and then a bunch of muscle uh plumbers get like that too because i have to do so much like lifting like they're built like plumbers basically (laughs) and it makes sense because like you need such heavy core strength like you've Oh God, where was Where the fuck was I? So, like, uh, that structure is good, which is why Michael Smith's so great. Um, Smith, uh, we talked about a bunch, he's she's just good. What, what I thought was interesting was that he did not literally like I don't want to, he wasn't like a bug on a windshield, but he was not, he was like Derek Henry against a really big defensive tackle, where it's like, no, I'm still gonna knock you over yes you're enormous sure but like i'm also really big and i'm faster than you and i'm running towards you and it's basically what smith did he just ran over littler every time littler thought he was gonna get something and there was a couple of he had some real chances but he missed out he forced littler to like shoot threes almost he was like no i will i'm not giving you anything inside you're gonna have to hit ton plus checkouts and he he did such a great job as far as i was concerned at kind of keeping his distance from uh from littler and littler didn't look bad but he didn't it, it, look that
1: match that match, he had the the highest average out of any player. Yeah, in that one match, he, he yeah. averaged over one hundred and five.
0: Yeah, and he just could not. Smith every Smith didn't have a bad average. He just his closeouts, his, his sorry, his checkouts. I keep saying fucking closeouts. His checkouts were just excellent, and he, he did the, honestly the same thing in the final. Like he just was good. He just beat Price. Just beat his ass actually. And like I said, that's that's what it looks like when he's playing well. He's just he's so dominant because his his throw is so easy that it allows him to just kind of run through guys that are talented in ways that like like you said though had the higher average. He played extraordinarily well but he couldn't get past like the combination of like it's almost like smith can jump from scoring to finish in a way that almost nobody can he's like mm-hmm. always able to get that like middle 180 when he needs it because he's such a good 180 you know what i'm saying it'll be like oh it was like 320 and then i'll have 180 and you're just like oh fuck all right well <laughs> that was really helpful the where was that the other nine darts and like he, Van Gerwen has that too, where they can do catch up so quickly. But I, I think, yeah. I, I definitely think that the like Smith's secret sauce is that like mid game, just like break in half the setup phase. Cause he's already set up that it, once he like, I think he probably has like, you know how quarterbacks have check downs. Mm-hmm. He has like the check downs. Oh, I didn't hit this bed. So I'm going to go here, 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 and here. And like you said, he does the math out of faster than anybody I've ever seen. Yeah, anybody I've seen i should say yeah it's
1: it's cra- it's crazy because like he if he if he misses what he's aiming for initially he already knows
0: what he's going to do and the next four darts the next and part. then if he misses yeah. that one he knows the next four darts after that and it's funny because yeah, you hear him talk and you're like oh you've played <laughs> a lot of darts man <laughs> but it's it's kind of like listening to a really great uh, like Manny Ramirez style baseball hitter, where it's like sea ball hit ball, but they're like, no, I kind of sense, it. and it's just like they're just great. They try really hard, but they're just innate in a way that, like, it wasn't a Tony Gwynn or Ted Williams to talk about it. You're like, oh, those guys just like get every aspect of hitting, and you watch Manny Ramirez play, and you hear him talk about hitting, and you're like sure <laughs> you listen to michael <laughs> Smith. and i'm like sure, you clearly are just really good at this and have been since you were a fucking kid so no one ever like they were just like do you, you, you do you and Littler's like grow i think grew up in a different time where he was like kind of forced because the math is so much different like i was watching um that fucking equal rule equal legs rule oh god essentially what it was is that if you got a certain number of equal darts, that's what it was equal darts. So if you got out, you got, you won, but you got 14 darts and somebody had 12 darts, they could try to win in the last two darts. If they had enough, like if they were in a closeout or whatever, like an eligible closeout, uh, (sighs) The math was so much worse. Like they weren't as good at the scorekeeping is unbelievable. You're like, are you even sure that's the right score? Like when the referees are talking, you're like, guys, does someone have a calculator out there? What are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's such a different world and seeing Smith, it's clear. And Littler, I think has to be like, and he's probably so used to talking about it. Cause like, I think that, and I'm sure, smith had this but like the darts academy model is really gonna revolution like the the popularity and the like development of that model is really going to change the sport i think it's really something that's going to kind of take over the world of darts is like these academies they have them in england i assume they have them other places where kids literally learn how to play darts in a safe environment so you Mm -hmm. have people who don't start when they're 19 like nathan aspinall i think said he started when he was 19 like that's if you had another 12 years of development, like this is a thing that is literally about like, be able to do a thing on muscle memory. It's kind of like learning a second language. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's really hard to do that when you're 19. It's not Mm -hmm. at all hard to do that. Like I have Fizbee playing. You've seen her form. It's actually totally decent. Yes. (laughs) And she knows, she's like, I'm keeping my elbow and my hand straight. And I'm like, yeah, good. Uh, <laughs> she's the best. Um, so I well, So, yeah, so Smith won. Smith won going away, quite frankly. And I I, I would. I, we'll do a quick preview at the end of this, but I, I think he has to be the favorite next week against Price again. Like I, he's just he seems to have a style of game that Price doesn't know to do with. Uh, Like his B game doesn't work against Smith's A, B, or C game. And he's just like, uh, okay. I I, I just don't feel like he really, he does enough in the games I've seen. Um, Would you put money on MVG beating Aspinall next week? Yes. Okay. I, I, I would too. That's a, that's a lock. Um, I'm actually really excited for, uh, Littler, uh, Luke Littler versus, uh, Rob Cross. Uh, cause I yep. really liked their match in the world championships. I thought that was, that was probably my favorite of the Littler matches. That was, I thought he really like, I, I thought he, Cross gave him enough of a fight that I was interested to see when he's not On, like, the best form he's ever been in his entire life. His, I mean, he's, he was 16. He'll probably have better form, but like, he was, he was on a rampage for like that two months. So, like, I don't think anybody other than like a blue Humphreys was going to beat him. So, so Whitler Cross, do you, do you have a, you sway one way or the other with that in terms of like who you think is going to win? I mean, it's, it's always these is turn
1: this the the this format is always tough to say because it's they're all short matches. It's mm-hmm. the first to six. Oh, definitely, yeah. So I think I know what I'm talking about with these things. I I I wouldn't be surprised if to see this go either way. I think Luke has been doing very well lately. Obviously, he won the Bahrain Darts Masters at the start of the year. He got to the final of the Dutch Masters. This is really, I mean, even even this past week made it to the semifinals of the Premier League. It, it would be interesting to see I wouldn't be surprised if cross won. I think yeah. I might give a slight edge towards littler though but i'm also going to be curious to see that if he does lose how he kind of responds to that
0: i was actually exactly what i was going to say i was like i wonder if he gets super pissed and goes on a rampage but i'm also not excited for like the talk about like well is littler over his head it's like he won the fucking first tournament he ever like the first tournament he entered as like a full-grown adult darts player like yeah <laughs> like like get the fuck out of here man he's good <laughs> um and uh humphrey should um fuck <laughs> peter right up like just i have a feeling that like He's going to take a lot of his anger out on Peter Wright. <laughs> That's just a feeling I get. Um, so I think, so you have MVG, you have Smith.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with Smith for now. So I think, I think, we're, I think Price... in,
0: we're in agreement. Yeah, I think that we're in agreement.
1: Yeah. Uh, Price, Price is just, I think he's just in a lull right now. It's it's really all this stuff is non-ranking. So I don't know yeah. how seriously he's taking it. Obviously, he withdrew from the Masters, so who who knows? Uh, but I yeah, I think I'm going to give slight edge to Smith over Price.
0: Yeah, and we're we're just going to talk about um, the Masters super quick because um, we're running a little long. Um, we have all gone bunting mental. Uh, no, I I just wanted to say that I fucking fantastic tournament by him. Holy shit! Uh, just. I loved it. I rooted for I clapped so hard when he got that checkout to win. I, dude, I, Fisbee was, Fisbee watches all of the tournaments with me Um, when I'm, cause I have her, my wife works weekends at night. So I always have Fisbee by myself all day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And those are, tor- darts tournaments day so we watched like an insane amount of darts uh and she was like what happened and she was so like excited that i was excited she gave me like a high five and then she was very excited when she saw uh, his kid on there and i was yep. explaining like yeah that was really cool he's i was like i was joking around with you he's 38 he looks like he came from the he's 38 but from like 1983 when like you look at pictures of like fucking sparky anderson you're like he looks like my dead grandpa's corpse and he's 37 years old like he (laughs) look i love steve bunting he's one of my favorite players legitimately he's grown on me more than any other player by far but that dude looks like he's like 48 years old i wish he would have he is he would have went to school with us like we would have been in the same high school he would have been like a year or two ahead of us like we would have had classes with him conceivably (laughs) yeah yeah that he's he's something else but in terms of you've watched him you've I feel like I've seen this coming, so I have to assume you you saw some of this coming, right? Like him really kind of locking into form the way he has yeah. over the last couple of months. Yeah, absolutely. The last last couple of
1: months especially, he has just been on a tear. And he, you know, after, before Luke Humphries went on his tear, he was, I would say, the other guy who I kind of had tabbed as going to be the next big one, the next guy to win the big tournaments. So this does not surprise me at all. He's gone on some good runs at the world championships as well. Um, So this is not shocking
0: whatsoever. No, he's, like I said, he's grown on me more than anybody else by far. He's, he's become one of my two or three favorite uh, guys to watch just because he has a great style. It's so much fun to watch. He's such a good he's just good do you know what i mean like he's just a professional darts player he he hits the right he's great check i love how wild his shit is where you're just like where are you throwing this last dart and you're like a, a, a double four okay man what are you high on lsd like what is going on is the board melting like what the fuck i it, he and also he really does have that like oh he can if you give him a and a a check out a chance at a checkout you might lose that leg and not and have played as well as you possibly can up to that point because if he gets under 170 he can basically it seems like he can hit it like he's not gonna hit it every time but he's always gonna get to that last start and you're gonna be like no fucking way there's no fucking way he's gonna hit this and he misses it by like this much i i i that was one of the few times where mvg didn't play poorly Like, where you're just like, oh, he does not have it. Where I didn't assume after... And I still thought he had a really good chance. Where I was like, I think... At the end, I was like, I think Bunting's got this. And I I was shocked to feel that comfortable... Cause I've yeah. watched MVG and he's just a monster that can come out of nowhere. And Bunting was like, no, I'm not going to let you do that. I'm going to do the stuff I have to do to win. And, and we were talking about this. MVG was extremely gracious in his defeat, which is why one of the things we like about him so much, he's like a really great best guy in the world. Like he's yeah. just the right amount of no, you have no fucking clue how good I am. But he's also like, if you beat me, that means you did really well. Will I beat you next time? Yes. I will beat you next time. But he, like, <laughs> he he really does. But he puts his money where, like, next time they play, Van Gerwen's going to look to fuck him up. But, like... Yeah he also respects him and he did a great thing you sent me it was wonderful he turned back around when he saw steve bunting's kid and like went over to him and congratulated him and his dad him and his dad and i would just like that's the type of guy that's like cool to watch because he's so fucking good he can just be a dick darting robot and he's not he's like a funny charming guy like i've watched a bunch of interviews with him now and he's like a guy I feel like I would have fun like having a drink with, you know what I mean? Like he's like, he seems like a good guy to hang out with. And like, he seems like he, he really gives a shit about darts, which is the other thing that I love is it's an actual, like, obviously it's his legacy, but he, he sees like guys like Leather, and he's like, no, they're going to be incredible, mm-hmm. but you can't be up their ass, man. You got to give them space. You got to let them be people like we're he's basically we're human beings just let us be people and we'll give you what you want but you can't like he's very protective i feel like of guys that he knows are at his like deserve his protection like he went like i said he went out of his way with bunting to be like no i can play better he beat me he beat me he played as well as you can during this tournament. He was on, he was playing at the best in this tournament and he deserved to win a hundred percent. This is not me not reaching my potential because I'm not there yet but he is and that's what's that's what I have to chase and it's like that's what you want you don't want a guy just being like oh well i I fucked this up he's like no he beat me he beat me fair and square i thought it was it was awesome i really love this tournament like i thought it was in general i thought it was there was a couple like i really like the bunting and the van gerwin aspects of it i'm just kind of going through people and i I did like the the first day is fun because it's all the weird it's like all of the guys at the back end of the top the top uh, what is it 32
1: 24
0: 20 28? 24 yeah 24 so it's the top 20 so it, it has a nice like vibe to it of just like guys that are v- pretty good but maybe not the most consistent so there's a chance you might see like a weird guy get through that you weren't maybe expecting um yeah well, so it's well the funny
1: thing about this tournament is they expand that you was originally it was only it was limited to the top 16 they expanded it to the top 24 back in 2021 Mm-hmm. and in the the year since then 2021 22 23 and now this year the winner each time going back to what you said the winner was someone who played on the friday so was in that bottom
0: yeah year. yeah and i think it's kind of like you kind of get a rhythm going and you're not doing it cold plus i think the guys at the hot, the end of that group or like the mm-hmm. high end of that group. So you're 17, I think bunting with 17th rank or something like that, or 16th. Like he is a guy that is right on the cusp and he he's young. 38 is young in darts. Like yeah. it's not as young as it used to be, but he's definitely in a place where he could go on a run for the next five to seven years. And no one would be surprised. So yeah, like, absolutely. yeah. So I, I thought it was a really nice, like coming out party for him. Um, Real quick. You, you've, now mentioned it uh so this was a non-ranking tournament it doesn't count towards the rankings because like you said it's the top 24 so basically ranking tournaments require a qualifying thing right so everybody with a tour card can get in in theory they have to be like not open essentially right yes. it's an invite only like major Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. So
1: there's, I mean, there's not a lot of non-ranking tournaments. So the masters is one, the premier league is one. Those are probably the two, the that world is. series world series. Yes. World series as well. Other than that, every other tournament, it's, you need to have every tour card holder. There's 128 tour card holders, all 128 of them need to have an opportunity mm-hmm. to qualify for the tournament. So for these floor tournaments that we are talking about, and they're starting not this week, but the, the following week, That is a tournament for all 128 players, so they're all in there. These big TV tournaments, so things like the UK is a little bit different because all they all qualify for that as well. Also, yeah, it's the Open, yeah, yeah. But the things like um, you know, like the Grand Slam. Uh, The match play is a little bit different that is ranking but it's looking at the order of merit rankings as well as the pro tour so the players have the opportunity to kind of work their way in Mm -hmm. but there are going to be also qualifiers for these other ones like i said like the grand slam um like the world championship especially for all these euro tour events there's qualifiers for them as well so there's equal not maybe not equal opportunity but there is opportunity Hmm. for all of all 128 tour card holders to to make their
0: way in there and i will say they did change that uh we are not knowledgeable enough uh love the darts did a great breakdown of that like a full-on discussion of The changes to the qualifying that it will affect basically. They're trying, essentially, the theory is that that they posit is that they're trying to get a top 64 full time darts players, Mm -hmm. and then kind of so the back end, the last 64, will kind of be not fodder or grist for the mill, but there will be a big step up after a certain point, because I think they're going to be changing a lot of the qualifying and we'll, we'll be talking about that going forward because we're looking probably to have more, more American audience. We will also be covering, uh, USA darts, uh, both the theory of USA darts, but literally like the stuff that airs on USA darts on YouTube of which I was watching the shoot the rapids. Um, darts league for grand rapids uh i was watching i was one of 104 people on earth watching this tournament it was really fun it was a cricket tournament um it was it was it was definitely worth watching you but we're going to be covering that we're going to be covering the cdc a little bit uh that kind of stuff um maybe if there's a tournament in the area i know brad had a tournament. was it down the block from your house there was a cdc tournament it was like literally at a like (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
1: it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't really CDC, but it was um, some of my favorite players. So Devin Peterson, Danny Bagish, and Damon Hedda were in the US uh doing just all these exhibitions
0: please tell me that but i'm talking about the specific cdc tournament i was that was at like the american legion hall in queens it was like in elmhurst or some shit and you were like dude that's literally down the block from my house and i'm not going to that and you were watching that on a friday night and it was like first of all i have kids (laughs) and second of all like it's good darts man (laughs) yeah can't beat it i mentioned the uh you mentioned uh The time you met was Damon Hedda and who else? Yeah.
1: Damon Hedda, Danny Bagish, and um, Devin Peterson. So Devin Peterson, personally, one of my favorite players just because he's one of those guys you can tell loves that he gets to play darts for a living. Um, But they were in the U S they're kind of touring around doing exhibitions at all of these random spots. And I noticed a tweet, I believe it was from Danny Baggish that said, um, I guess someone had tweeted at him asking if they were doing any other stops on their kind of U.S. tour, so to speak. And he tweeted out something simple um, saying that he was going to be at this one pub in New York. Fireside. Fireside Pub in New York. And I thought about that. And I'm like, wait a second. There's a Fireside Pub that is a half mile from where I live. And sure enough, confirmed it uh, via an Instagram story as well. Went down there, um, got to play a match against Devin Peterson. One of my friends played against Danny Baggish. We both, uh, I don't even know if we can say we're competitive um, to the point that I threw my first two darts. I think it was, uh, I think they both landed in single five. Devin Peterson took my two darts out, put both of them in the triple 20 and he's like just hit this last one and it's a 180 and i think i put it in like
0: 12. <laughs> would have fucked him up if he actually i every once in a while i'll get a, a, twi- a t20 and i'm like yeah i'm the greatest player that's ever lived and then the next one will go like off the board <laughs> yeah but yeah no, that's time. the difference like you and i have talked a bunch like i practice a lot I'm maybe like a 50, 60 average at this point, maybe on like a good day. The worst guy you will see in the PD, a guy or gal in the PDC you will see is like low 80s. Like they're so much better than us. It's kind of insane. It's really Mm. one of those things where like, once you play more than like two or three games and then you watch one again, you're like, are we the same species dude like you again the teleporting shit or the like like magic shit it's like there are things that these guys guys and gals can do with their bodies like i'm really excited for beau grieves like once she decides to go she's gonna be like a real force like she is destroying the woman's tour <laughs> And that's what's awesome. That's one of the things I love the most about darts is that it is a a, a non-gendered game. It's like anybody can be as good as anybody else. If they practice hard enough, like... You know what I'm saying? Like there are obviously like not historically as many women who have been super high levels successful, but like I think in the next fifteen to twenty years, that's going to change. And I think it's going to be one of the biggest things for darts is that it's going to be the one sport you can see high level, uh, no matter who, what gender, however you identify. Like you will just see people play, and there won't it won't be weird. It won't be like oh my god. It'll be like they're throwing sharp things at a uh, the board made of leaves like <laughs> all it is, man. <laughs> um, speaking of which uh, next week, uh, what do we have? Mr. Calendar. Uh, so we will actually be also running a, blog. I will be running a blog. Brad will be helping with a lot of the uh, nerdy administrative shit. Um, like the, uh, the calendars he's going to make, he's made and stuff like that. And we will also probably be having a Patreon at some point uh, for our distance darts league. Uh, which we will also be talking about as things get more involved. Um, we will be covering it, uh, mentioning how we're doing <laughs> and how last week's tournament went. Um, uh, you know what? We're working on it. But so we're going to have a lot more stuff come out, but we definitely want to start this pod as soon as the Premier League came out. We've been talking about it for about two months. So we're, we're going to try to do an episode a week. Um, this is not our job jobs. So if we have to, not make it one week we will let you know beforehand uh but yeah going forward we're going to try to do an episode a week um and this week the we have the Premier league on thursday like you said is there a tournament this weekend or is that start of next week
1: yeah no this one february is looking pretty sparse as far as um what is able to be streamed at least Mm -hmm. on pdc um, so this week we only have the premier league on Thursday night, but next Monday or this coming Monday, I guess whenever you listen, February 12th and February 13th are the first two players championships or floor tournaments of the year as well. So that's going to be kicking off the season for all the new tour card holders and the first two of the tournaments for all 128 of the
0: tour. Card Yeah. Holders. And then and we're definitely going to be covering those, um, I'm also going to be writing about them on the, on the on the blog the website we're also going to be making i'm going to be making stickers and stuff like that so we'll be you know doing some stuff uh because i'll be doing the illustrations like i did at the ringer um so yeah, every week we're going to give you uh, like a thing we're reading or an article we liked and we'll probably link to it in the show notes. Uh, I actually, I got Brad. Brad's birthday was uh, last week and I got him a uh, book because he gave me the gift of darts. I gave him the gift of the Heart of Darkness, which I mentioned earlier, uh, which is an excellent, excellent book. about If you want like a like a, a popular history of a thing, I, I think that the darts history is, is pretty well- Uh, mapped out by him in terms of and there are other books uh, that he pulls from that I'm also reading but that book I think is a good like intro to if you have a, if your darts curious let's say um, it's a good book to learn about the like who Phil Taylor is and where he came from and like uh, Andy uh, Fordham and like the split in darts without you know watching the Blood on the Carpet documentary though I also suggest that this is a good like intro book to darts if you know someone who like you started watching darts and you want them to get into darts. I think it's also a good book. Um, Did you have anything that you're looking forward to this week? Oh yes. The online, the online darts gang.
1: So they are, uh, they also have a podcast as well. Um, But they are a group of guys that for those tournaments that are uh, not necessarily streamed. So things like Q school for the Euro tour qualifiers, which will also be beginning next week um so they always try to schedule those qualifiers around the times that they have the floor tournaments so we'll have the first two players championships monday tuesday and then we'll have the euro tour qualifiers on the fourth wednesday the 14th so they generally will do kind of watch alongs with it so they'll be able to follow the dark connect score i'm hoping that they do it for these euro tours as well
0: um binge- and they're of them. so much more knowledgeable than we are <laughs> so it's like we're not dumb but they're like actual experts so you learn a lot by listening it's a good way if you cannot get access to pdc.t go to pdc you you can subscribe and all that if you don't have access to that great way to follow darts uh and it's a great way to follow the non-televised stuff because they're extremely knowledgeable about not just darts but brad and i were watching the same thing and they were talking about wrestling for 15 minutes and like knew exactly what the fuck they were talking about they're really really bright guys talking about darts um way better than us uh so yeah that's that's about it uh for this week um i don't do you even have social media at this point (laughs) I have, uh, it's so weird because I'm so used to doing this with media people. And it's like, what do you have to plug. And it's like, um, I, you work in cybersecurity. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a Twitter
1: account that's mostly just, uh, me posting GIFs Larking. and like, yeah. Cursing out like my cable and internet provider because something went wrong.
0: <laughs> that premium shaky B content. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm on uh, Twitter and Blue Sky and Threads at the mixer, T H E N 1 C K S T E R. You can uh, rate, review, subscribe to us, all of that shit. Um, on iTunes, Spotter, Spotify, Stitcher. No, there is no Stitcher. I think Stitcher's gone. Um, Overcast, I believe I'm going to try to get on. That's the one I use. Um, we're also going to be on Podbean, but look at me everyone fucking nobody uses Podbean. bean oh, all respect Podbean. nobody uses you they're like oh you can integrate with ours a very popular podcast app and i'm like fuck no it's like the seventh most popular podcast app and there's only four that people use so um yeah so yeah that's uh that's about it this week um you don't have a signature thing you want to sign off with right you don't you don't like um right you don't you don't have anything you want to say to end the show something just
1: a bunch of like offensive words
0: oh you just want to say a bunch of offensive words okay all right uh so yeah that's the show this week um and and i guess uh love the darts american style i got fucking nothing i hate closing shows